face. I am Kim Krall. I am reporting to you, not live, outside of my closet. I love that so much. You know who you are, Oliver. I appreciate you. That's awesome. Uh, I have a lot to get through this week. Um, not really. I, I have like a list and the list is so long on my phone that when something happens, I write it down and I'm like, talk about that across space. So there's several things. One, the Broncos are so bad. They're so bad. Now, when this airs for regular crawl space, I finally made the decision Thursdays is when early access comes out. If you're a Patreon subscriber, thank you very much. Uh, early access will be Thursdays. We've made the decision. We're not moving on from it. Or we're moving on. We're, 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 what, what word am I looking for? I don't know. We've made the decision. It's Thursdays. So by the time everyone hears this one, maybe we will have not lost by 50 points to the Bears. I believe we play the Bears on on. Yeah, we do, because Ken, uh, Ken Gar is a Bears fan, and he was like, well, at least it won't be, you know, at least you'll beat the Bears. And it's like, I think we thought that about the fucking Dolphins. Um, Jesus Christ. And I guess that quarterback was like our ball boy, or like uh, Russell's ball boy. Oh, my God. He wasn't even that bad. Russell wasn't that bad. It was our fucking defense, bro. So bad. I mean, just so bad. So bad. I will be there every week, though, cheering on my team. I don't know if that is something I should really be that proud of, that I'm a diehard. Like, as I'm getting older, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, I mean, I like the camaraderie. I do like the fact that I know the Broncos will rise again. It's just how it goes. We have too much money. We have too good of a franchise. There's no way we won't be good again. But, and I don't want to be one of those people that, like, when we are good again, people are going to be able to be like, you weren't there during the Russell years. Just like we can say you weren't there during the greasy years um, after or the plumber, the cutler. We've had so many. I don't know. Our defense, dude, it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, but when I was at the Bronco Bar, so the Bronco Bar, we get um, we get uh, something called peanut butter Jameson shots. It's basically like a thick it's like a liquidy peanut butter. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like, but it's like a cross between peanut butter and Jameson. Like it's not liquid, but it's not solid. You do drink it. It's delicious. I don't know how much Jameson is in it. I have no idea, but it, we get it for $6. I love it. It's, it's, I think it's just basic. I would put it in a cup and just drink it. I love peanut butter though. I'm one of those people that can just eat peanut butter. Like I buy a jar of peanut butter every time I go to the grocery store. Not every time, but when I do grocery shopping. Uh, I have, I put it in like, I make this like chia pudding in the mornings, overnight oat, overnight chia seeds, whatever. But I put a little peanut butter in it. But that's literally all I use it for. And then I just eat it. If I ever want something sweet, I'll just take a spoonful of peanut butter. I love it so much. How many times can I say peanut butter? Anyway, so I was in the bathroom at the Bronco Bar. This is before we started losing heavily. Uh, this is actually, I think, before the game started. Oh, no, the game had probably started. They scored, like, right away, like, one touchdown. But, it like, I don't know, when it's, like, 12 minutes. Like, they had 70 points, you guys. And I think the worst, like, the highest score against someone was, like, two more points. Like, if they, they took a knee. But we were like, why don't you try and beat the... What, why don't you try and beat the record? But they didn't. They took a knee at, like, 60. I think it was 20 to 70. 20, it was something. I mean, it was it was horribly embarrassing like horribly embarrassing like no one like I feel like at third quarter at the end of third quarter beginning of fourth I was like has a team ever walked out and just been like we're good we don't have to 
we don't need to play anymore. Like what's, what's good. We lost. There's no way we're going to, we're going to score. And at the time it was like 28 points. And then they went on just, Oh, it was a nightmare. But so I think it was like early enough in the game where I wasn't mad. And so I went into the bathroom and the Jameson's bathroom, that's a Bronco bar, um, is, uh, is the women's bathroom is interesting. And I've done a lot of, th- I've had sex in that bathroom. I told you guys about that. That was the first, the, the first woman I had sex with that I was like, oh, I think I'm bisexual. Um, cause you know, if you were straight, you probably wouldn't be banging some broad in the Jameson's bathroom on a Saturday night. I think it was Tuesday actually, which I don't know. I was much younger and I drank a a lot more than I do now. I probably wouldn't be doing it again, but it was hot and awesome. And if you want to listen to that, I went through the whole thing. If you're a Patreon subscriber, it's in one of the sexual revolutions. I thought it was a little too like NC 17 to do on regular crawl space, but I've, so I've had sex in there. I've thrown up in there. I have blown out that toilet more times than I can count. It's a weird bathroom. All that it's very small. Like I think it was once just one bathroom and then they added they made it two stalls and it's like and all the doors open out. Um it's just really small and really weird in there. So I'm in the bathroom. I'm in the small one. Um I try not to I don't know if anybody else does this. I do like I don't I feel like there's like six things that you can do that just like help everybody else. Like I have like two our my apartment has two washers and two dryers. And if I'm doing all of my laundry on like a rant, if I'm just doing all of my laundry and I had most of the time when I do, when I do like a, a haul of all of it, I have most of the day open where I'm going to just be doing emails and cleaning. So I only use one of the washers and one of the dryers, but a lot, there's only one other woman in my building and we've talked about this and she goes, yeah, if I, if I have the time, I just use one so other people can wash their clothes because you know you never know um but no one else does it and it's really frustrating when you were like oh fuck I really needed to do laundry for this thing I procrastinated whatever right and then I feel like um I know you know taking your cart back at like the store that's a easy little one or when you're at like a place where there's no bag person you can just bag your own groceries it's funny I didn't I love I, I, I'm, this might get sad and I don't mean it to be, but like, I love how parts of us are because of someone else. And a lot of, you know, like I read this, this, this like blog where this girl was like, yeah, I make my top ramen this way because the girl I lived with in college who no longer speaks to me taught me that, you know, or I did, I do this because this, this, you know, this, this person in my life who passed away taught me like there's, we're made up of, you know, little pieces of everyone that's ever touched our lives. And I never knew it was the polite thing to, or, you know, it helped out. If you're like Trader Joe's is a place that doesn't necessarily have bad people. And, um, and if you're not, I don't know if everybody at Trader, I don't know if that's just a regional thing. Trader Joe's is like a cheaper whole foods, right? I love Trader Joe's, uh, but they don't usually have bad people. And, my friend that passed away last year, the one that I've been kind of vague about that, you know, I'm still working through that grief. I think it's going to be years before I get through that grief. He, he was my best friend for a long time. Um, we went to Trader Joe's once and I didn't know that that was not expected, but helpful. And he was like, you don't help them bag. And I was like, no, are we supposed to? And he was like, well, you're not supposed to, but it's, you know, nice. And 
He's like, I always get so mad at anybody who's in front of me who's not helping because it like helps the line along. Like it doesn't kill you. Like it's not whatever, right? There's those people who get mad about having to do their own like checkout. They're like, I don't go to self checkout, which is so funny because I there's like two types of people. People are like, oh, I only go to self checkout because I like not talking. I like not having to do small talk. And then there's other people who are like, I'm not getting paid to check out. Like the people who are like, I don't go through the checkout, the self checkout because I'm not getting paid. We're paying someone to do that. Like just so those are the people who leave garbage places and they're like, there's somebody who's paying for that. Anyway, I was somebody who never, I'll get back to the whole Jameson thing. Don't worry. But I was somebody who never helped bag. And then this man came into my life and explained it to me. And now I always bag. Right. And, it, and I was just ignorant. I had no idea, but I, I love that we're made up of little pieces of people that have touched our lives, even if they're no longer with us or in our lives. And and then I think another small but nice thing that I don't know if a lot of people do, I don't, and I, I really didn't think this was that big of a deal until I asked around, I don't use the handicap stall unless there's no other option. And by that, I mean, all the stalls have been full for a while and I'm about to shit my pants. Like I do my, I just don't, I'm, I'm like, I don't know if someone needs it, I would hate for somebody to come in here and then have like a bathroom emergency and I'm just in there with all, whatever. So I'm in the small bathroom. That's just like four little things I feel like I should pass along that people have passed along to me that doesn't cost you anything, doesn't really take any time away from you. And you can, it's just night. It's just makes the world easier for other people. And you know, it doesn't, whatever. So I'm in the little stall and these two girls come in and one of them tries to open my stall and she's like, oh, sorry. And normally at this time, and I'm so grateful sometimes I shut the fuck up because normally at this time I would have, you know, said something and said, I was like, that's fine. And then they started talking and normal. And sometimes I like to chime in and sometimes I bless myself with shutting the fuck up because I get to hear conversations like these. So I'm in the stall and the girl goes, Ew, peanut butter Jameson shots? That sounds interesting. Have you had that? And the other girl goes, no, I can't drink whiskey. And the girl goes, why? I love whiskey. And the other girl goes, I got a concussion once and I don't drink whiskey anymore. And then the first girl goes, how did you get a concussion? And then the, the girl in the stall loudly goes, I like to dance. <laughs> what? And then the girl outside this doll goes, girl, I totally get it. Vodka blackout city. Uh, Jen, I fight and I cry. I like literally can't stop crying, but tequila, I'm just like pretty pleasant to be around. So I stick with tequila. And the other girl was like, same. And I was like, this is the greatest. I never want to leave this bathroom, but I should get out of it. Cause I now sound like now it seems like I'm shitting in here. Cause I'm just sitting here listening to their conversation. Oh man. I like to dance. That reminds me. So my grandma, my grandma, uh, Dorothy, who I was like, my mom helped raise me, her and my grandpa, papa, uh, my favorite people, like a lot of people hear my childhood story and they're like, how are you so not fucked up? Like, why aren't you more fucked up? Dorothy and Creighton, they're, they're everything good inside of me came from those two people. I love the, like my papa was my, is my favorite person I've ever met in my whole life. And every time I hear any stories about him, um, my uncle who is gay told me the story about him coming out. And I, you know, I was like, what did Papa say? And Papa was like, uh, Papa hurt, listen to him, you know, say, you know, I'm gay dad. And I don't know how he said it, but and my Papa thought about it for a minute. And when my uncle's telling me the story, my brain was like, please don't ruin Papa for me. Please don't. Cause you know, he was a Catholic born in like to, uh, 1908 or some shit. So I was like, oh my God, please don't ruin Papa for me. Please don't ruin Papa for me. 
And he goes, uh, he paused, he thought about it for a minute and he goes, are you happy? And my uncle was like, yeah, dad, I'm really happy. And then my papa goes, well, that's all we want is for you to be happy. And I was like, that I bet my favorite person I've ever met in my life. Um, my mom always said that we had this really special connection. Like the day I was born, I wasn't the first grandchild, but my, my mom was just like, yeah, the second you were born. It was just like you two were best pals. I don't know. Maybe you were best friends in another life. I love that guy. And my grandma was just, just this fiery Irish woman who had zero boundaries. It was just so abrupt and, and kind of mean, but in the best way. And I, I, I feel like I got the best of both of them in me and they, I dedicated my book to them. Henry's middle name was Creighton, like Papa's middle name. Lucy's name is Lucy in the sky with Dorothy. Like I love these two people so much. And the, I like to dance reminds me of them. So when my grand, my Papa died, uh, about 10 years before my grandma did. And my grandma, you know, when she was on her way out, she was telling us, you know, she told us a lot of stories, some that were tough for me to hear because they were a lot about my childhood and things that weren't, um, and I, I don't want to get into that sort that story today, but you know some rough stuff about my childhood that I didn't think anybody knew, but people did, or just you know some. She told me a lot of rough stuff on her way out, but she said some funny shit on her way out too. So when she, one of the last conversations I ever had with her, we'll get to the dance part, but one of the last conversations I ever had with her, uh, you know, and when, if you've had somebody who is dying like that, and you know, kind of a slow die, uh, you say goodbye a lot, you know, like I got, you know, I flew out several times over the course of like two years to say goodbye to my grandma. And so usually the goodbye is like one mundane conversation where you're not expecting it to be the last one because you've prepared so many times for the last one, or you've had the last one so many times. And so one day I was driving, um, I was driving over the hill. If you're in Los Angeles, I was driving from Hollywood over to, uh, the Valley. So there's this, you know, this hill, um, it's over the hill, right? So I'm driving over the hill and my dad calls and my dad was like, we think this is it. Uh, do you want to talk to grandma? And I was like, sure. So I get on the phone with grandma and grandma's, you know, and if you've been around somebody who's about to leave the building, uh, they sound like they're not in the building anymore, right? Like my grandma was not there. And, you know, she was saying a lot of stuff that didn't make a lot of sense. And so, you know, she was just like, I really want you to come over. We wear a pretty dress. I'll make you dinner. You know, I love you so much. And it was, you know, it was lovely. And I was like, oh, who's all in the room with you, Grandma? And she's like, oh, your dad, uh, your Uncle Jerry. And then she goes, yeah, and your Uncle John. And then she paused and she goes, you know, your Uncle John never really cared for you. <laughs> And I, and uh, my uncle John is one of my favorite people on the planet. Right. And he gets on the phone and he goes, I don't know why she said that. I love you a lot. Like I, I never said anything. And it's, I don't know why it all these years later, it still makes me laugh really hard. Cause he was like, we're, I'm like, obviously I believe you. Obviously I know grandma's not has left the building. But one of the things she tells me, she goes, you know, your, your grandpa and I were dating, uh, you know, before we got married, we were dating and it was before world war two. And, uh, and you know, my grandma was kind of a wild child. I also just found out recently. So I was going through boxes in my apartment and I have this old picture and this beautiful frame of some like little girl. And I like to the family group chat, I like took a picture and I sent it to the chat and I was like, who is this? And my uncle John was like, uh, the one who doesn't care for me. Um, was like that's your aunt verna i think and he's like yes yeah, she was grandma's sister and she died when she was like nine and like they didn't offer much more i'm like what did she die of what the fuck how do we not know any like family trauma and family history and like passing along trauma and like all is just 
it's so real. Like it's wild that we didn't know grandma had a nine year old sister that died at nine wild. I'd love to know more information. I have no idea how to even look that up. Um, I tried to do ancestry.com and it, from my knowledge of it, it's like you fill in your own thing and then we'll kind of Google stuff, but it's more, it's mostly so you can have this lovely chart that we'll do for you. And it's like, Oh, I could just do it on my own and Google my own. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. If somebody else has had a better experience with ancestry.com, please tell me. Cause I would like to know why, how my aunt Verna died. I think her name is Verna. So don't, don't quote me on that. I'll have to look it up. But so, uh, my grandma was kind of a wild child, right? She grew up in like this really small town in, uh, Nebraska called Blue Hill, Nebraska. Um, yeah, Blue Hill, Nebraska. And she was just like, I, I don't know. She was just like a prankster. You know, she was just, she was, uh, that's what they call it. Like, you know, she swore a lot. She didn't, it was funny because she'd say damn a lot when I was a kid and people would be like, mom. And she'd be like, oh, I, she was, she was a firecracker lady. I attribute a lot of my bluntness to this wonderful woman. So she's dating my grandpa and then my grandpa is about to go off to war. And she goes, he's about to go off to war and he asks me to marry him. And she goes, and I tell him two things. I say, I will not marry you if you don't quit drinking. And I never knew my grandpa, my papa as a drinker, but I, that with my family history and, you know, with everything I know about the family, you know, the family disease of alcoholism and my grandma always had kind of an issue with drinking, like drinking really, really bothered her. And, uh, so in my experience, when drinking over the top bothers someone, there's like an alcoholic back there, some sort of, you know trauma that but but yeah like you know there was time like my family used to like go into this small utility closet of my grandparents house and they would like there was like a bottle of something in there and they would like sneak it all night I was a kid and I don't know anything about it but now they joke about it all the time and I'm like you know that that's a little scary <laughs> that you're like whatever it doesn't matter but my grandma was like you have to quit you have to quit drinking and so I never knew my grandpa as a uh, my papa as a drinker I know he drank twice a year it was like once on his birthday and like once on their anniversary or on new and their new anniversary i believe is like new year's so like twice a year he would have a drink but never any other time but so i guess he you know he quit drinking so he could marry my grandma and then my grandma said this she goes and just so you know while you're off to war i like to dance and I'm not going to not dance while you're gone. <laughs> I was like, grandma, because that was like the forties, which means my grandma liked to fuck. That's what I heard. Like she wasn't going to say that, but dance. I like to dance. Like, why would that be bad? Maybe it was just dancing. I don't know, but it was one of my favorite stories. And when I heard that girl in the bathroom go, I like to dance. I thought of Dorothy and I thought I would share it with you. And that was the highlight of the Denver Bronco Sunday game. And uh, the season I have a feeling is going to be really rough. Um, the good news is, is the core group of Bronco people I watch with. I mean, like it's going to die off quicker than it normally does. So this is usually how it goes. That's the first few weeks. It's since we've been bad anyway, when we were good, it was always slammed. Right. But the first like month or two when we're, uh, uh, when we're not doing well, it's the first week we're slammed. And it, you know, you can't even get a seat at the Bronco bar. You got to get there really early. The second week it's, you know, you lose. So it's still kind of slammed the third week, less slammed. And then, I mean, it's falling off. We, we lost really bad last week. I'd be surprised if there was a lot of people that were, that show up this week. But, um, but then normally at the end of the season, there's like six of us that ride or die. We will be there. And I think that that is why I 
I mean, also I want, I know the Broncos will rise again and the, you know, football to me is more family. It's about, you know, my papa, I had the Broncos with my papa. And one of the things that, um, even though my dad denied it later in life, which is so weird. Um, he was like, I didn't know you liked football. And I'm like, I went to a bunch of games with you, with papa all the time. I watched football. I loved football. Um, what a weird thing for you to take away. You know what I mean? I'm like, we didn't have anything in common, but probably that in rock and roll. And now you want to, my dad was not a well person. Um, but that, but you know, like that camaraderie, like I have this, like these friendships that I've made through watching Broncos in Hollywood. And we have this like weird Bronco friend group, family group. And it's, and even when we lose, we have a really good time. We have a really good time. And so we, they're just so bad. I thought for sure Vance Joseph would lose his job this week. He's our defensive coordinator. Uh, he was our defensive coordinator for a while, and then they brought him on as head coach for like five years. He was our head coach for so long, and he was so bad. We were so, maybe not five years, I think it was like three. But the day we fired him was like one of the best days in a Broncos life because that guy looks more confused on a field than I would if I was fucking coaching. And so with our new head coach, this isn't a football podcast, so I'll, I'll, uh, I think I'm going to be on someone's football podcast. I need to email that person back. I am so far behind. Um, I did record back to back crawl space so I can get on schedule with, um, the fucking Patreon. So that's good. That's good. So hopefully by the time I record the next episode, I'll have caught up a little bit more. And it's also good to be busy, you know? I'm grateful I'm busy. I could not be busy. I could not not be busy. Um, but yeah, so then our new head coach hired Vance Joseph back as the defensive coordinator, and we lost by 50 points. 50. No matter how bad the Broncos have been since we won Super Bowl 50, no matter, like, we've been bad, like, really bad. Like, we haven't made it in the playoffs since Super Bowl 50. Since we won the goddamn Super Bowl, we haven't been to the playoffs, right? And the one thing we've at least had is we've always had a pretty good defense. So even when we lose, they don't usually score much on us, right? And now that's all gone to hell, but I'll be there every Sunday, which is not an invitation. I've had actually one guy show up um, years ago who it was pointed out to me that he was like, what a coincidence. I had no idea you were here. And then someone was like, you post that you're there every week. He definitely showed up to see you. And I was like, oh, it makes it creepy. Um, So don't be creepy is all I'm saying. Just I think as a general rule, we all should just try not to be creepy. Um, I worked this last weekend. So I work... So you know how I do these events? So we're at different event spaces and there's different like hosts that we have, right? Like the, like I work for two companies that other companies will hire, right? So we're like an event company that we go in and we bartend, right? So there's this guy who does, uh, I think he owns, he owns Framework or he's like way in charge of Framework. I don't know, but he does. So he's like, I don't know. I, I assumed he was like 45, 50, right? He's not old but he's not young either I just but every time we do one of his shows I love this guy this guy uh is like hey to all the staff the whole event staff security to the fire department to everybody right bartenders everybody he's like safety meeting over by the stage at this time 
And this dude does a hot 10. It's so good. Like he, I had a show one time where he had a microphone and he really did a hot 10, which means like a hot 10 is like doing like a little comedy routine, but he does talk about safety, but he also just like makes jokes and calls out people. It's, I fucking live for it. I think it's so funny, but this last show, okay. So this last show was fat boy slim. I don't think I know what that is. I, the week before I was working and I said bye to my manager, I was like, bye, I'll see you next week for Fat Boy Slim. And I, and I, and then I made like a, a some 41 joke and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, isn't Fat Boy Slim just a five white guys in a rock band from the early night or the late nineties? And he was like, no. And I was like, yeah, it's like fucking, you know, Pete Wentz, whatever that guy's band's name is. I died on that hill. Like I was like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You're 30. I'm 41. Fat Boy Slim was like my heyday. Those fucking like emo boy bands that were just like boy bands, but just because they were rock more rockery and less like dancey. Everyone didn't think they were boy bands. And I like died on this hill. And then I get there and I'm like, I don't think I know what a DJ is. So fat boy slim is some guy who's mixed other people's songs famously like funk soul brother right about now. Right. You guys know the song? And they were like, yeah, you know him. And I'm like, it's a him. It's not a band. And they're like, no, he's a DJ. It was fun. But I don't, who sings right about now the Funk Soul Brother if he doesn't sing it, but he's mixed it? I know I could just Google most of the things I bring to the crawl space table, and I probably will at some point, but I want you to know in the moment while I'm talking about him, I'm, I, I have every intention of learning later, but my brain is one of those that if I don't do it right now or write it down, it's gone. It's just gone. That's the ADHD. Um, but it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. I like, and then I had a show. I didn't, I think I had a show the week before. So here's your poop scoop. This is two weeks in a row where I am the poop scoop. Thank God I didn't poop my pants, but it was close. I, I, dude, I've had diarrhea. I think it's now been the last, okay. So today is Wednesday. Friday was the last day I had explosive diarrhea, but for two solid weeks, I almost like explosive and like I couldn't stop and like it was just like I don't think I can leave my house I think I'm you know like an emergency that's when I finally admitted it wasn't food poisoning the, when I pooped my pants a few weeks ago because like I haven't pooped my pants like that since it's kind of sad actually since I had the flu as a child and no one you know I like I got I had the flu and the normal you know I get sent to school because my dad doesn't believe I'm sick or whatever. And then I throw up and then I get sent home and then I'm alone at home. Cause a lot of people think like, Oh, maybe your dad was put sending you to school because he didn't have a babysitter. No, I was a latchkey kid. He, someone came and picked me up and then I was inside the house by myself, right. As a sick, I don't know, nine year old. And I pooped through like nine pairs of like all of the pants that, that afternoon. Cause no one was there to explain to me like, you have the flu. These aren't farts. You're, you're, you're going to shit your pants, you know? Um, but that's the last time I've done that. That is, that is kind of sad, but it's okay. I was a neglected child, but she lives now. Um, but this last, like, I don't know. It's finally stopped. Thank God. And I'm like, I, am I dehydrated? And then I start, and then somebody was like, you can be too hydrated. Cause then I just started drinking more Pedialyte, hoping to like get my electrolytes back. It's been a wild few weeks. Anyway, 
So I had this show a couple of weeks ago at uh, at uh, the Oaks Tavern in Sherman Oaks. I perform there, I don't know, like probably like six times a year. I love it. It's like a bar show, but it's it's got like a loyal fan base. Like people show up just to see the comedy and it's, and it's produced weekly, but by different co- producers and uh, two of the producers put me on it like a couple times a year. I fucking love it. Well, one of the producers puts me on it a couple times a year. This producer put me on it last football season, probably one year ago right now. And it was a random Monday that the Broncos are playing the chargers, right? I guess this is the football episode. Um, whatever. This isn't. But so I was like, okay, well, I'll watch the first half at the Bronco Bar and then I'll go watch the second half because this Sherman, uh, the Oaks Tavern is also, it has a bunch of TVs. So they'll be playing the game. So I get there and at the, you know, middle of the fourth quarter and we're like, it's kind of a good game. It's a close game. Uh, the producer who is lovely, you should follow her name's Emily Kirk. She is hilarious, lovely and awesome. Uh, and she, she comes up to me and we don't know each other that well. Like we just did like an open mic or some shit like two weeks prior to this. It's like a year ago. And I was like, uh, and so she came up to me after the open mic and was like, I think you're hilarious. Can I put you on my show? And I was like, sure. So that's the only interaction we've ever had. Right. I think we followed each other right after that. Like we've never met. We never had an interaction except for that open mic. So I'm watching the football game. She comes over to me and she goes, okay, um, so uh, she's like, I'm going to have you go first. And, you know, uh, that's taking the bullet. And, you know, I don't mind doing it sometimes, but when the Broncos are playing and it's that close of a game, I was like, but she's not a football fan and she doesn't know me. So she doesn't know I'm a diehard football fan. And she's like, we're going to turn off all the TVs. I was like, but the game's on. And she goes, what? I'm like, you can't just leave it on one TV. She goes, what? And I was like, I'd prefer not to go first. I mean, I'd like to wait till the game's over. Can I go after the game? And she goes, I don't know what is happening right now. <laughs> Cause like, it's a weird. And then one of my buddies goes, she's a diehard Bronco fan. Um, the game should be over by the second comic. Cause like Emily was hosting. And then my buddy was like, I'll go in her place. And then she can go second. How's that? I'm like, Oh my God, thank you so much. And the guy was like, no problem. I know how much you love the Broncos. Uh, So he goes first, he shits the bed, uh, which happens, right? It happens in comedy. Um, But he comes off and he's like, that's your fault. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't have shit the bed if I didn't have to take the bullet. But as soon as I go on stage, the Broncos go into fucking overtime. So she calls my name. So my entire set is me kind of trying to tell jokes while trying to watch the TV, giving these people who are not football fans, because they're not watching Monday Night Football. I mean, at least the very least, not Charger or Bronco fans. Like, they don't give a fuck at all. And try, no one's laughing, because I'm watching the TV, and I'm like, I, I also shit the bed. Now, to be fair, the guy before me shit the bed. I don't remember. Emily probably did great, because it's her show, and she's the host, and she probably did great. I, so who knows if it was just one of those, like, rooms that wasn't great, or maybe whatever. But I did not do well, and then the Broncos ended up losing oh yeah that um that night dj dimmers was there he's really funny because he he was watching the game for me and he came up and he's like you should have gone first you shouldn't even have watched any of this he's like and then he looks at me he goes the broncos are really bad i'm like fuck off dj i know um but he's also really funny i think he was one of the finalists on uh, america's got talent um so whatever so i leave the show and i kind of feel bad right because like that's an annoy I've produced shows and I and everyone who has something happening thinks that they're the exception to the rule you know what I mean like everybody wants to go first or everybody wants to get out last everybody would like the prime spot like and and so when you produce a show you have like a hunt every week you have every comic like people cancel people it's just it's a thankless hard job right 
And so after that, I felt really guilty because I didn't really know this girl and this girl was really awesome. And I was just like, oh my God, I, I was such an asshole at her show because all I wanted to do was like, I should have checked to see if the Broncos were playing and told her no. Right. Well, in my head, I thought that they would start the show after Monday night football because that's normally how a lot of bars do it if they have comedy on Monday night football nights. Right. But in my, but I was, I felt really bad and like, Going back to the whole keeping your side clean, I didn't see her again until like three months ago at another open mic. And, you know, she says she's so nice and so funny. And she's like, hi, hi, you know, and I'm like, hi, how are you? And I go up to her afterwards and I was like, you probably don't even remember. And like, I promise you there's a poop scoop in here. It's just a little backstory. It's like, you probably don't even remember. But um, I... I'd last year when I did your show, I was a real cunt. Like, and I just, I was really inconsiderate of the time of the, the stage time. I was just like way into football. I, I'm like, I'm way too into football. And I probably should have either told you in advance or asked to be on another show. And I, and I was just like, I am so sorry. And she was like, and you know, gracious. And one she's like, Oh my God. She's like, I don't care at all. She's like, you were great. You're great. I would love to have you back on. I'm like, I would love to come back on. And I promise it won't be an ordeal this time. I'll make sure the Broncos aren't playing and I will show up and it'll be awesome. She's like, great. And she's awesome and funny. And she works all the time. And I was like, Oh good. And you know, I mean, I think a lot of us, especially those of us who are really aware of our actions. I think most of the people I surround myself are like that, where you're just really aware of your actions and how you affect people around you. Uh, we have those little things in the back of our head where I was like, oh, where you're like, I kind of wish, I, I would like to see that person. It's weird to reach out and apologize. In the, in the program in 12 steps, that's part of the step 10, right? When you're wrong, promptly admit it, like continue to take personal inventory. But like normal, normie people don't continue to take personal inventory. But if you're in program, you continue. And that's one of those that I'm like, I need to make amends to this woman because I was really disrespectful of her show. I did. It was not a big deal. She didn't care. I get booked again, right? So the Monday is a couple weeks ago. And it's, I'm, you know, I had the diarrhea and then I was fine all day on Monday. And then about 20 minutes before, and she'd already reached out to everybody and was like, hey, so-and-so had to cancel. They were sick. And so she was like, I don't, I think it was the guilt of being such a dick the last time that made me go. Here's your poop scope. So about 10 minutes before I had to leave, 20 minutes before I had to leave, I almost shit my pants again. It's like emergency diarrhea and I run to the bathroom. And I've been going through this for like two weeks at this point or a week and a half at this point. And I run to the bathroom and I can't stop and I can't stop. And then I'm like, I might have to cancel. And so then there's like a lull for a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'm fine. So I get in the car and then on the way, I'm like, I'm going to shit my pants. If I shit my pants, I got to go home. Like, that's not a question. You know what I mean? Like, you're just going to have to drive home. And then I remembered that time. I told you guys this. I told this on the, do you even lift up, babe, most recently. But I had an eyelash malfunction years ago before a show. And I, um, I, I don't know. I grew up in, with people who, if you're like, like being pretty or caring about your, it's like prissy and embarrassing. Like, oh, Kim cares about her eyelash. She's late because of her eyelash. Now I'm like, who gives a shit? But sometimes it's back in my head that I don't want people to know. So I had an eyelash malfunction and I was going to be late to the show. So I called the girl and I was like, hey, I'm going to be late. I, uh, I shit my pants. I could have said literally anything else, but in my opinion, in my experience, if you poop your pants, nobody asks any more questions. But I was like, I could have told her the truth. I could have said nothing. But I was like, oh, I pooped my pants. And she goes, oh my God, you didn't have to tell me that. You could have just said you were running late. And I was like, yeah, I, 
I, I guess I could have done that. I guess I, I guess I didn't have to make up this story that makes me look like I pooped my pants when I thought about that. But I was like, it's going to be fine. So on my way there, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to poop my pants. Well, if I poop my pants, I got to cancel. And I have to tell her I pooped my pants, right? And again, I learned recently, because I didn't poop my pants in so long, that when you do, there's quite a bit of crying involved. You, the, there, I, I forgot how much you cry when you poop your pants. Um, I can't be the only one that that happens to. Um, <laughs> Uh, when I was a kid, I peed my, I was in my grandma's, my, not Dorothy, not the one I was talking about, Wanda, my mom's mom. She lived in a farm in, uh, like in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. And, uh, we used to wear, I don't know if we did it like ironically or to be funny or what, but my grandma had like multiple, uh, what is that? Lost the prairie, lost on the prairie. What is that? Prairie on the roof, prairie on the hill. What is the Lauren Ingle? Whatever. Lauren, Laura. Fiddler on the Prairie. What the fuck was that show called? You guys know what I'm talking about, where they have those long ass nightgowns and they like my grandma had a bunch of those. So we would wear those. And I think we were doing it to be funny. And one time I got to laughing really hard and I peed my pants and my mom was really mad that I peed my pants and they made me wash the nightgown. I can't, I don't know if this is funny abuse or a little bit of both, but they made me wash the nightgown, not wearing any clothes in the bathtub and I just remember watching it and like just wailing crying. So I think you cry a lot too when you pee your pants is the point of that probably really confusing and sad story, which is probably how most of my childhood could be explained, right? Confusing and kind of sad. <laughs> Sorry. So I make it to the venue. I make it to the venue and I walk in and no one's in there yet except for one guy who I ended up becoming pals with and Emily. And she's like, hey, girl. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I will talk to you in a minute. And I bolt to the bathroom and I poop a bunch. And then I come out and I was like, I'm really sorry. The last time I was here, I promised you there would not be an ordeal. But I am currently experiencing some crazy explosive diarrhea. And I shit my pants a few days ago. So I don't really want that to happen anymore. So if I just like abruptly run to the bathroom, it's because I think I'm going to shit my pants. And this poor girl again goes, oh, my God. Why didn't you like you could have canceled? What? But then I'm sitting with this guy who I've never met. And I look at him and I'm like, hey, sorry. Now we're new friends. We now you know a lot about me. I poop my pants and I have diarrhea. And this guy, his name is Paul. I, I know his last name, but we fall. He's very funny. He has a podcast. He's great. He was just he's one of those guys, like one of those people that have no that, that kind of be a poop pants ally. That is one of my rules. Be a poop pants ally. Don't be shameful of people. It's this thing that we all have. And he was so nice. We sat next to each other the whole show and he kept getting me water and kept asking how I was doing. And, and before he has like a very long-term hot girlfriend. So before you're like, he's probably hitting on you. Not all dudes are that way. Um, and at one point I was like, Oh, the bathroom was like right by the stage. And I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I was like, do you think it's going to interrupt it? And he goes, it kind of sounds like you don't have an option. Go take care of yourself. He was so nice, but I then spent, and I will, I'm, I'm going to start posting on TikTok soon. So you'll probably, if by the time you hear this, it'll be up. But I, I recorded that set and I spent probably eight of my 10 minutes talking about how I shit my pants the day before. And it did not go 
as well as I thought it was going to go. I thought I was going to talk about poop and that room was just going to erupt in laughter. And you know, not every room likes poop. That's, 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 that's one thing I've learned about stand-up comedy is that not every room is going to laugh hysterically about poop. Some rooms are going to look at you like you were the most disgusting person that has ever walked the face of the earth. And you know what? When you're a new comic, you're going to be really ashamed about that. And when you're a, a comic, a seasoned-ish one like me, you're going to go, I think it's funny and I don't give a shit. Like, I, I obviously pivoted. I got la- I got laughs, right? It was fine. And then later I, when I left, I was like, Emily, I'm so sorry. I was like, next time I can't make any promises that something dramatic isn't going to take place next time. Cause, and she's so cool. She's like, girl, I don't care. You're so funny. I literally don't care. But I'm like, oh, man. It's like there's this guy who, uh, who, who became really Trumpy and anti-mask, all that, like, you know, very uh, QAnon over... The, uh, I was going to say the spring break. Does anyone else think of lockdowns as spring? Like my brain calls it spring break because we were, and I don't know why, but that's where I always want to call it for some reason. But um, one time I saw him, this random guy, I'll get to why, but I saw him, I was walking down the street and it was like scary COVID time, right? Like really scary where we had no idea. And I had my mask on and he pulled, he was like, hey, Kim Carl. And I, I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And he, he like shamed me for having a mask on outside. And I was like, did you really just pull over? Not even to see how I was doing just to like shame me about my mask. Like fuck off. But that guy, I won't say his last name, but his name is Brian just for the story. Um, that guy I've performed with many, many, many times over my comedy career. And every single time I bomb, like I, I shit the bed every time. And I, every time I would, and he's no longer in LA or does comedy. I don't know. I think all of his weird QAnon thing kind of got him out of the, out of the loop. Uh, but every time I would see him on a lineup, I would just go, well, probably going to bomb that night and I mean I that I haven't seen him in years since that and before that weird mask moment I hadn't seen him in a long time so I probably I don't have that anymore but I now I think of Emily and I'm like every time we do that hotcake show which I love doing it's always got a really rad audience it's got a great lineup every time like something dramatic is going to happen and hopefully it's equally as funny as the Broncos losing in overtime while I watch from stage or me almost pooping my pants so that is your poop scoop God, we're so bad. Um, we're so bad. I also wanted to talk about uh, just like a thing that has popped in my head a lot. Cigarette butts. If you're a smoker, where do you put your cigarette butts? This is bananas to me. It is the only form of littering that we as a collective haven't stopped or shamed people over. Like I know one girl who I work with bartend with. And she's like, I mean, she's like miss environment. Like uh, she's amazing. Um, I've seen her call out people. It was funny. We were working uh, an event and there was a new, and there was like, it was small. So there was only like six of us and we were all really close. And then a seventh girl. And so the six of us were all close and we know each other. We weren't like mean girling her. She was just not near us because we didn't know her and we didn't know, you know, we didn't know she was partaking, whatever, but she was smoking And she threw her cigarette on the ground and my friend goes, hey, why are you littering? There's a trash literally right there. You can just put out the cigarette and throw it in the trash instead of she's like, you know, that stuff like makes it to the ocean and then like goes into our, you know, like and and, like kills fish and goes into, you know, fish eat it. It's like really bad. And the girl looked at her and she was like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) My and my friend walked over and she goes, well, it's really embarrassing and picked up the girl's cigarette, butt, put it out and then put it in the trash can. 
And then this poor girl, not really this asshole litter bug, uh, had to work with us the rest of the day. And she ended up being really nice. And you could tell that it was like, fuck, I made a mistake. I didn't have to be such a cunt in the beginning, but I don't understand. So I was a smoker for like 15 years. I never did that. I think I learned it from my aunt Debbie. My aunt Debbie is awesome. My aunt Debbie is the reason why one of the tiers on my Patreon is called crawlsome. Cause that's what she calls. She's like, crawls aren't awesome. We're crawlsome or cry. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but she's just, I mean, she's a fucking rad lady. She lives in Montana. She taught the deaf and blind. And then was like a principal to a deaf and blind school. She's just, we, anytime we go to a restaurant, like she's also, she's like, quirky and lovely and just like I mean like just unapologetically her and she's so rad she's one of my favorite people on the planet and and like we'll go to restaurants and she'll tip the servers of course and then she always gets up and walks near the kitchen and goes hey I want to give a tip to the kitchen now a lot of restaurants have a percentage of like add on a percentage to tip the kitchen but she has been doing that and it's funny because like some restaurants are like, oh, yeah, that is a chef. Thank you. But then some are like big wangs where it's like, you know, the chef is like, uh, you know, a 16 year old kid who's high. And he's like, thanks for the 10 bucks, Debbie. But she's so rad. And she I don't know she if she still smokes. Probably my family. Smoke, my, most of my family still smokes. Um, but I wish they wouldn't. It's so bad. And I want, I, I, whatever, that's a whole other thing. But she smoked when I was a kid and, and they would, my family would make fun of her too, because she would put her cigarette out on the ground and then she would pick up every cigarette butt around her. And like, I think I grew up watching that because she would be like, there's no reason to throw this on the ground. It's literally littering. Like, what the fuck? And she would pick it up. And I and when I was a smoker, I would do the same thing. And people would be so shocked by it. And the same way they were with my Aunt Debbie, like very like, oh, my God, what are you doing? It's like I'm picking up trash that shouldn't be on the floor. I, I was subpoenaed for this uh, to be... Um, a uh, witness in this assault case. Horrible. Some guy got assaulted at my job I was working at. And if I was like four minutes late that day, or if I'd gone to the bathroom, I wouldn't have been on the camera. I didn't end up having to uh, testify because they got enough evidence or whatever, but it was just, it was like four days of having to be escorted around by some cop. It was terrible. Um, I did the guy who got assaulted and then the other witness, we did have a lovely time. We did, you know, hang out for four days or two days. I think it was, um, it was a bummer. The guy ended up going to prison and then he got out of prison and he died. It was a whole sad thing. Um, I don't know why I'm being so casual about that. Anyway, I think I told the story like four or five episodes ago because that's when he passed away. Um, yeah, he got out of prison and then it's all so sad. It's just so sad. And then the, the, you know, male rage is just like we could maybe help that if we taught our boys how to feel and have emotion. Like there's still so many men who don't think it's think it's weak to feel emotion or express emotion it's bananas anyway so I was outside with the cop the cop had to take me outside to smoke and then after like the fourth smoke break he goes it's really interesting I've never seen anybody do what you're doing and I was like what and he's like you don't throw your cigarette butts on the ground and I was like no it's littering like where what the trash is right there you're not throwing a match in the fire like you're like putting the cigarette fully out and then you're putting it in the trash can. Um, 
I was picking up all the ones around me, but then it was pointed out to me that that is really unsafe. And I was like, yeah, Los Angeles is a different place than Montana or Littleton in the 90s. So I, I, uh, I stopped doing that. But I, this is just my PSA. If you're a smoker, just like goes back to the whole taking your cart back. Don't pee in the fucking handicap if you're not handicapped. You know, don't use all the washers and dryers when there's limited space and you have time. Just stop being a cunt. You know what I mean? Just don't be a cunt. Uh, this whole thing's wrapping itself up in a few years. We might as well, you know, be as good to the planet as we can. That really went off of the rails. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know what I was about to say. I, I have this, like, list of things that I, I've wa I, you know, I want to talk about every week or like when things happen, um, I have a list of things. So a few weeks ago, remember when I, that guy who got me a drink at the first Bronco game, um, I wrote this down uh, and I love this. I love it when people call you passive aggressive because they don't know what passive aggressive means. So the guy who bought me the, the drink at the Bronco game um, after the, the Raider fan uh, and then you know, I, I spent, you know, an, enough time with someone who bought me a drink. Like he offered to buy me a drink. We were having a good conversation. And then I sat with him for like, I don't know, him and his friends for like a half hour. And then I was like, thanks, I don't owe you anything. You know what I mean? And I got up and then I went over to the 28 year old, 27 year old. I don't know how old he was. Um, oh man, I, I saw him second week and I haven't talked to him since. Uh, but he, uh, he and I were sitting and the Raider fan who bought me a drink came over and was like, oh, now you're talking to this fucking guy. Do you remember that story from like two weeks ago? I forgot I had said this because the, the 27 year old the next week came back to the Bronco bar and was telling this story and I forgot this part. And it's like, I love it when people call you passive aggressive because he's like, you're being when I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I forgot uh, you bought me a drink. Uh, so uh, do you want your blowjob now or do you want to wait? Should we go into the bathroom or do you just want to drop your pants? Like I was like, when do I owe you this blowjob for this $12 vodka soda that you so sweetly bought me? Because now I owe you everything. Oh, my God. And the Raider fan goes, you know, you're really passive aggressive. And I love saying this to people. I'm like, no, I'm not passive. I'm regular aggressive. Like this is just aggressive, aggressive, regular aggressive. And I think that that is like my brand. I'm regularly aggressive. I'm not a passive. It's like, you know, that broad that I, I talk about a lot, uh, who when I start talking about people on my podcast, I get nervous because this girl would listen every week and then every week would make it about herself. Like every story I told was like, she'd like call and I'd have to like talk her. She wouldn't know. It was texting or calling and I have to talk her off a ledge. She's like, Oh my God, I heard that crawl space. And I just, I know that you were talking about me and that t one time and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, girl, we're friends. Like if I had this big of a problem with you that I am talking about you on my podcast every week, like I'm not passive aggressive. I'm like regular aggressive. Like I would just tell you, I just think everybody should have less tact is what I'm saying. Um, this has just been a big PSA. Like don't be a cunt. Just don't. And tell people like mean what you say. Say, wait, what is it? Mean what you say. Say what you mean. But don't say it mean. I like that one. Um, I do think I am going to do a conspiracy show, but I do, I, I'm not sure when I will launch it. The reason why I want to do a conspiracy show, one, I have this whole idea of what I think the, um, fate, the, the, uh, 
the picture will look like. Um, <laughs> maybe I won't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I have like a face of what I think the the picture will look like. And then also, I want to have guests, but I don't want to have guests on the regular crawl space. Let me put it to a vote. Would you rather have me return to doing crawling up, which is like? I interview random people. It's been mostly comedians, but I want to branch out, interview like a 30, 40 minute interview once or twice a month or twi uh, either twice a month or four every Saturday or every other Saturday. Um, I want to have a guest at some point where I do. And if you don't have an opinion about this, don't worry about, um, you know, how I'm way behind on everything. So I probably won't even see. I'll probably forget I asked this until I ask it again. And then I'll be like, all oh, right, I should look at that poll. But if you want to... Um, Maybe I'll do a private poll. Now I'm just pontificating outside my head. Uh, but like do that like twice a month, like interview random people. And then I would ask them for questions. The question, you know, when, when did you like, what is like a defining moment of like, like with comics, like when did you like, what's the worst bomb? Like what was the moment that you were like, I failed, I am failing. And, uh, you know, like the moment that you thought you were going to give up and then what was the, the, like, what was the defining moment? So for comics, I'm like, what was like the worst bomb of your life? And then like, what's like, what is the moment that you were like, I'm a comedian, you know? And if it's like, you know, a writer, like I'm a writer or, you know, just, I like hearing the rise and fall of people. And then I, you know, the last two questions are ones that we cover every week while you're one lucky broad. And, uh, if you've ever pooped your pants and then, so that is an idea to bring that back and call it crawling up, you know, with, and then whoever it is or doing Kim trails and having, you know, twice a month. I think I would have to do that twice a month because I want to really research these conspiracy theories um, and have someone on where we talk about the conspiracy. I don't know. What are your thoughts or have one monthly, it's a lot of work. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I have one monthly Patreon, another Patreon where it's chemtrails and I just talk about it on my Patreon and then doing the crawling up twice a month. I don't know. Those are the things that are popping around in my head. I should probably finish recording my uh, audiobook. Also get all the crawl spaces on YouTube before I start doing more crawl space stuff. I should catch up with the current one. But those are like ideas that I have maybe rolling around for 2024, which is banana pants that it's almost 2024, right? So insane. Um, last thing, I have been thinking about, you know, those little moments in your life that stick in your life I, let me explain like those little moments in your life that you that are okay that you're that that are very tiny but you think about for the rest of your life and they're so here's an example this is a small story that happened when I was a kid don't worry there's no trigger warning to this one <laughs> I know I usually have to let you know um a small story when I was a kid that I think about a lot and not like in a way that I like dwell on it. Not that in a way that I like have ever, I don't even think I've ever even told anybody this story. And it was such a small moment, but I think about it a lot. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, like that time that this happened. Right. So when I was a kid, when I was in like fifth grade, I want to say, my uncle John, the one from earlier today who didn't care for me very much. God, I love that story. I just love that he got on immediately. It was like, I don't know why she said that. I love you. And I'm like, I know grandma's left the building. No one's taking it personally. But the way she said it is just saying you don't care for something very much is very funny to me. Um, so 
he, my uncle John, when I was like in fifth grade for Christmas, got me a backpack that was shaped like a big giant shoe. It had, it was hot pink and it was, it looked like a Converse shoe. And the, the shoelace was like teal pink and white, like, like mixture shoelace material. And it was so cool. And I was the only kid in school who had it. And everywhere I went, everybody, you know, asked, complimented, talked about it. I don't even know where Uncle John got it, but it was like, it is one of the best gifts I have ever gotten in my life. I don't even know if my Uncle John knows how much I loved the shoe backpack when I was a kid, right? And so one time I was walking home and this sixth grader was standing and I, I can still remember this, this little girl's face because she walks next to me and she goes, I know you think you're so cool because you're the only kid in school who has a school or shoe backpack, but you're not as cool as you think. And I, you know, I was not, I was a nerd. So I wasn't like, I wasn't as regularly aggressive as I am now. I think I just sort of like cowered and like whatever. And then she stood behind me and I felt her tugging on my backpack, but I thought she was just like looking at it. Right. And then I got home that day and she had stolen the shoelace but I was in fifth grade and she was in sixth grade and she was like kind of a big sixth grader. She wasn't like, you know, she was like a a big broad uh, for sixth grade. And I wasn't fully, I knew who she was, but I didn't know who she was. And I, you know, you can't, as a fifth grader, you can't go around accusing anybody of stealing anything because I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but where else would it have gone? And I didn't have the parents that I could be like, this happened. Like I broke my thumb once. And my dad was like, why are you telling me? I don't care. You know what I mean? He certainly wouldn't have cared about a fucking shoelace, but I, have thought about that shoelace and that shoe backpack for nearly 30 years. And it hasn't like dominated my thoughts. Like it's not like something I pine over. It's just sometimes something happens and I go, oh, like that shoelace and that shoe backpack. And it's just the story that I've only thought of myself. I don't think I ever even went to someone and was like, yeah, someone stole this because they, I was too cool or something. I guess I was acting too, I mean, I was really cool. I was the coolest kid in school with that fucking shoe backpack. And now working with my inner child stuff, I thought about buying myself a shoe backpack. I don't even know where my uncle got this. I don't even like, I mean, now we have the internet, so I'm sure I could probably just Google it. Uh, But does anybody else have that where it's like small moments? Like I remember I was watching Milrose Place. Remember that show in the nineties? I was watching Milrose Place and Jane, I think the broad's name was the blonde broad that was married to Michael who had an affair with Kimberly. Why do I remember this? Like there's, I don't have enough Ram to keep these dumb memories for them to be core memory, whatever. But Jane held the phone in a very specific way. And as a kid, I was like, I would really, I think I should start holding the phone like that. It looks really cool. And I would like to be as cool as Jane. I've never told anybody these two stories ever. And they're so mundane and dumb, but like they've stuck in my head for nearly 30 years. Right. That's so wild. Um, And I, afterwards I would consciously hold my phone the way Jane did. And now if I ever have my phone, uh, like my cell phone, which now phones have changed, you know, light years since then, if ever I have my cell phone up to my ear, which is never, I think about Jane from Milrose Place. Does anybody else have that? Where like a tiny mundane, not really that important memory. I mean, yeah, that broad stole my, my, and that's kind of traumatic, but not like traumatic. It was just like kind of a bummer, but does anybody else have those? I would love to hear those stories. Um, if you have them or a poop scoop, send them to kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. Um, I think that's it. Have I done I'm, why I'm unlucky broad? 
Does it hurt to do two? Why I'm one lucky broad. I am one lucky broad. How many more times can I say that? Then we're here, dude. I I know this was one the one from last week too, and it, it is a lot most of the time. But I just there was a point in my life. I'm really stressed out. I'm you know my life is really stressful, and I know I'm not alone. I know, you know. The wages are low and the prices are high and we're all working nonstop just to like pay for health insurance. You know what I mean? Like it just, I know it's a stressful time in history. I know like statistic wise, we are worse off than Americans were with the great depression. I've read that stat status statistic like 15 times in the last six months. And so I know it's a tough time for everyone. I know it. Um, but I'm, grateful that I'm able to manage the stress and the fear and I'm able and I have the support around me that I'm able to talk about it if it gets to be too much without being you know minimized and I'm grateful that I know a little bit more about how my brain works now with the the multiple acronyms you know PTSD ADHD you know what I mean um and I have tools and I'm grateful that I want to be here and I'm excited for tomorrow. You know, I'm excited for what I'm about to do after I re record this. I'm just really happy and grateful I'm in a space where even though things are really hard, I'm still happy to be here, you know? And if and if you've had a tough time with, you know, ideations in your life and depression, I think you know what I mean. I'm just happy to be here. Um, and that's the episode. Thank you for just being here every week. As I've said many times, um, it means the world to me and it does more for me than I think I ever possibly knew what this would do for me. Um, so thank you. If you have an opinion about the Kim trails and the, uh, send an email. If I don't email right back, I promise you it's on the list. I am, you know, treading water, baby. Um, but yeah, and if you want to be a Patreon subscriber, uh, that'd be awesome. You get some perks, some bonus episodes, early access, uh, all that good stuff. It helps out the show, helps me out. It's appreciative. If you're not able to, I totally understand. As I said, all of us are just fucking treading water right now. So I'm just happy that you show up and listen to me every week. It means way more to me than I think I can ever tell you. So, uh, you know, don't be a cunt. Be regularly aggressive. I think, uh, I think I'm going to call the episode Don't Be a Cunt. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this is usually where I spiral out and what I'm going to call it. Okay. I love you all. Be kind. Please keep staying safe. I know there's a, a lot of COVID and flu stuff going on out there. I had both this last few months. So be kind, be safe, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Cross, 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 cross. I don't care.